2: He's won it, man! Whoa, oh, I can't oh, believe
0: it, Jordan C. I know. He's to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. <laughs> <laughs> on oh, his nose. Yeah. <laughs> what about to McCullum? Shane. He to be trying to shake a sweep one after that first one. to try and slide one in there. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you well, called it. let right out. Let's come off yeah. Sam's yeah. head on no, the sky. You'll, You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you? <laughs>
2: Welcome to the SC Playbook BBL podcast, the second of our pre-season episodes, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Here with me to talk through our second episode of the pre-season is former Sydney Sixers media manager, former cricket, not even former, still might be doing a bit, I'm not sure, We're about to find out, Cricket Australia commentator and a super gun, Maxie Bryden. Maxie, how are you, mate?
0: G'day, Tim. G'day to all the listeners, mate. Going well as per uh, usual. Yeah, look, still dabble in a little bit of commentary from time to time, but uh, I think you've got my uh, my heart in this fantasy cricket world. This is definitely where I'm doing my best work, I reckon. That's where we want you, mate.
2: Also with us for his first appearance of the season, uh, bloody good to have him along. He's a good man. He's got an absolutely luscious flowing mow at the moment for November. It's 2019-20 Coach BBL overall champion, the number one ranked Tomo
1: Aitken. Tomo, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, mate. Um, don't always get compliments on my stash, so it's good to have some positives about it. Um, it's been a while since I've done one of these, so I'm excited to be back and talk a bit of BBL because it's only a few weeks away.
2: Absolutely, mate. Getting excited. It'd, uh, it'd take me 28 years to grow something about half of what you've grown on your that slug at the moment, so I wouldn't be uh, too ashamed of that one. Boys, let's get stuck into our episode on today's show. Squad breakdowns. We're going to continue on with three sides this week. The Strikers who start the year uh, in round one on the double. The Brisbane Heat and the Melbourne Renegades will punch out another three next week. Gives us a couple of weeks before the season starts to get all, get to all the fun stuff after our deep dives. Our team reveals, our pods, our anti-pods, all that good sort of stuff. The cheapies. Maxi Bryden knows every cricketer in, I was going to say Australia, on the planet. So he's got a gun cheapy analysis on the way for us. Uh, we're going... Not this week. Uh, This week, though, we will be talking availability analysis, the players that are coming and going for international and domestic T20 competitions. Important bit. Tomo's done the write-up on that one, and he'll have a bit of information around that. Some fresh stuff coming out uh, today around all the international availability, a few withdrawals. Um, So, yeah, we get stuck into all of that. Guys, a quick note again on our socials. We've separated our SC Playbook NRL and BBL handles uh, after having them together for the last few seasons. For any non-cricket fans or non-footy fans out there, we thought it would be best not sort of push that content in your face. We'll break it up for you. Uh, so it does mean our BBL followers on our channels are starting from the bottom again, which is a bit frustrating, uh, but I think it was the right thing to do for everyone. So if you could jump on and follow SC Playbook BBL on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you would be doing me a massive, massive favor. Uh, get on that. If you do, get a chance. If you're on any of those platforms, guys, our subscription, the SC Playbook Package, If you're keen on getting stacks and stacks of extra content this season, you can subscribe to our BBL package for just $30 for the entire season or $50 for our full package, including the 2023 NRL and AFL seasons. This will give you access to additional articles every single round, heaps in the preseason, access to our two WhatsApp subscriber groups, which we've got going this week. Uh, Loving having that back up and running again. One of them is a subscriber chat. Uh, where we give feedback, we answer questions. I'll do Q&A sessions throughout the season in the preseason. Another one with just the SC Playbook contributors. You can see our conversations, the thoughts we're having, our trades, our skippers, all this sort of stuff that chops and changes throughout the round. Access to our major subscriber prize in the Unlimited group and plenty, plenty more. Uh, Guys, it allows us to upgrade the site, the SC Playbook data center, Stat HQ, BBL coming soon. You should absolutely love that. So if you're keen, jump onto the website and find It's in the subscribe tab in our menu. Tomo, let's get stuck into a bit of fixture analysis, mate. Now, for anyone that uh, does want to get their head around it a little bit more, head to scplaybook.com.au because that is where the full yarn is. But Tomo, as I said, a bit has happened today. If you could give us just a little bit of an overview on on the players coming and going and when we need to be looking out for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've got something up on the website, but it's something we'll update every week or two when some news drops to hand. Um, I guess... The interesting news from the last short period of time is a few players are no longer playing. So Liam Livingston originally was only going to have a shortened stint in the tournament. He's now not coming at all due to workload. Uh, Laurie Evans is not going to be playing for the Scorchers as well. Um, That's for the whole tournament. And David Willey also originally slated to play for the Thunder, no longer playing any BBL um, action this summer. There's a couple of players as well that will be involved in the Pakistan and England Test Series that runs from the 1st of December till December 21, so the opening few rounds. Zach Crawley from the Hurricanes, who um, is signed as a replacement player for Maxi's boy, Shadeb Khan, when he goes later on uh, in the tournament. He'll be a replacement player for, at this stage. And Fahim from the Hurricanes, he's been included from the Pakistan squad, so he's going to miss the opening few fixtures there are a couple of other tournaments later on, um, T20s in the UAE as well as South Africa. There's a handful of players. We won't go too much into those players now. That's more something to consider probably after the halfway point of our tournament, once we know some exact dates and some exact times players are leaving. And I guess also we've got a bit of an injury list there as well. So um, if you've been living under a rock, we know Glenn Maxwell is out, unfortunately for the tournament. Maybe there's some whispers about him coming back a bit earlier, but he's going to miss a good chunk of it. And we know the stars, the double game week first up, um, he was going to be in pretty much most players' teams. So he's out. Sanger from the Thunder. He's got an injury at the moment. Won't be playing for at least the start for the Thunder. With them, with two double game weeks, that's very, very important news um, for us formulating our squads early on. Sean Marsh out with a soft tissue injury. That's been said a lot throughout his career. Jai Richardson's another one who is missing some cricket games at the moment with the Scorchers and the double round two. We don't want to be jumping at shadows this early on, but it's certainly something that we need to have a look at and monitor as we get closer to the tournament. So there's a few players there. Availability overall is not too bad compared to some other years recently with COVID and things like that, but just a few players to keep in mind.
2: Yeah, no, good little summary there, mate. Um, Plenty of, as said, and then, obviously, the Australian players on top of that, very unlikely to see any of them for a fair while, but it's a chops and changes so quickly. Maxi, anything to add there, or is Tomo got it all covered?
0: No, I think Tomo's done an amazing job, and I'll absolutely pay that incredibly niche reference to calling Shadow Khan my boy. Um, <laughs> very good memory, Tomo.
2: Hey, the uh, the supercoach Spy, the SC Spy, dropped his team reveal today. Maxi, don't say we don't listen to you because... Despite starting on the single game where he, he threw Shadab in there.
0: Yeah, and look, I think this year now he's a lot more well known than he was last year. Um, I think for those who would remember last year, I think I was one of about maybe 200 people in the whole game who owned him. Could have even been less. Um, And he absolutely burned me um, for that entire time where I was thinking I was absolutely king with this super pod. Um, But look, I I think he's one of those guys who's playing for Hobo Hurricanes who's, while he's not going to be around for the whole tournament, and I think right now there's even talk that he might not be here for the Hurricanes double game week. Um, The way that he bats and bowls and the way that he played in the World Cup, he's going to be in a lot of teams. So not too surprised the Spies jumped on.
2: Boys, let's get stuck into our first squad breakdown of the night. And it is the one we are going to spend the most time on. It is the Adelaide Strikers due to the fact that they do start with the double game around. So big, big talking point heading into the tournament. Um, And the the Strikers list, Maxie, that you've got down for us. uh, It's an interesting one. Matty Short opening with Chris Lynn. Jake Weatherald at three. Adam Jose, is it pronounced, at four. Colin de Grandhome, really interesting talking point of this podcast. I can't wait to get him. Tommy Kelly, Harry Nelson, Rashid Khan, Henry Thornton, Peter Siddle, Harry Conway. Peter Siddle not officially signed with the Strikers at this stage. Uh, We do think he'll end up there, but if he does, it'll open the door for someone like, more than likely, probably Wes Agar. Um, Let's start at the top of the order, boys, and it's Matty Short, who the enigma of supercoach in recent years, a big score here, a small score there. Uh, He was the second-top run scorer last season with 493 runs, at 32.86, striking at 155. On top of that, took eight wickets at an economy of 715 Marsh Cup, recent scores 53, 75, 43 and 17, not out. With the ball, not too many returns, but he has been bowling regularly, which is promising enough. Boys he's averaged 68 last season. Maxi he starts, obviously, dual position at a tick under 200K. Will you be paying up for Matty Short in the opening game?
0: Yeah, look, I think it's going to be a um, the, the question everyone's going to be asking right up until we see the, the team sheets revealed for their first game. Um, you've got to remember last season when he, he was actually the leading point scorer in the whole of Supercoach after starting at 62.5k, which is just absurd. Um, but I think that for me, it really comes down to one thing. How many bowlers are the strikers going to pick? If they're going to pick four bowlers and make him the fifth, then I reckon he's an absolute lock. But um, if they don't, if they're picking five and then he's going to be sharing that role as the sixth bowler with potentially Colin de Granholm. I think that I'm going to avoid. And the reason is that starting at 190k, particularly with no form and um, starting in round one with that. It's a really big risk to take that a guy can lose 50, 60 grand if he goes out there and has absolutely two shockers. So if he's coming out and braining it in the warm-ups, then that'll kind of allay those fears. But for me, I haven't always been a fan, as this podcast knows very well. Um, so I'm still really on the fence.
2: Yeah, not much more a bloke can do to get your support, Maxi. but uh, a 68-point <laughs> super great average and top point for the season apparently wasn't enough. And, and it's, it's a good point you make, and there's a few we'll get to later on this podcast, but one of the big tactics when you're picking your opening Supercoach sides that Maxie alluded to there briefly, it's finding value and, and building team value. While points are all important and, um, you know, it's worth paying up for the guns. When I approach my team, I was, all right, <clears throat> who do I think of as a value proposition early on in the tournament uh, and who can make me money? Often there's players who are starting at top, top dollar And they have to be pretty exceptional to be making money or even holding value. So Matty Short's an interesting one there. Tomo, what about you, mate? Will will he be on your side?
1: Yeah, look, I'm getting flashbacks to early last season when I could have brought him in when it looked like a role change and he was in form. And I, if you don't know if you remember, but I went Peter Siddle who didn't do much in a double game week and Matt Short who went ballistic. I'm a little bit scarred, and a little bit burnt. So look, I'm going to give him much more consideration, but you're absolutely right. It comes down to team sheet and roll because to the latter half of the tournament last year, he was getting four overs really, really consistently. He was pretty economical with it for the whole tournament. I think it was just over seven runs per over or something really outrageous. There are even games when he's bowling towards the end. And I think he even bowled the 20th over at one stage in one particular game that comes to mind. Like his role was just awesome with the ball and with the bat. So... If he's going to keep that same role, he's got to be under heavy consideration. But if there's any changes, especially with that bowling, he's just playing as a pure batter, he does look overpriced. One thing I was thinking I'd like to get your guys' opinion on is if he's batting with Chris Lynn, he was usually the aggressor last season. Does that change anything with how he goes about it, do you
0: reckon? Um, for me, I don't believe so. And I think that Chris Lynn has shown particularly not in the last season of Big Bash but the season before is that um, he can be a bit more of a consistent player and not just a, just a hitter. I think kind of he'd be happy to concede the aggressing role to, to Matt Short and use his maturity to try and um, uh, build an in innings at the top of the order. So I think the two of them um, could be anything together. Um, and, it's yeah, it's certainly going to be one of the most exciting opening combinations in the, in the competition.
2: Chris Lynn, boys, Uh, a change of scenery down to Adelaide. 112K he starts. I I can't remember, but I think he started relatively cheap last BBL uh, and he was just disappointing. Averaged 25 for the tournament. He scored 215 runs and an average average of 17.91, striking at only 125. Uh, In the seasons prior, though, Supercoach averages of 55, 46, 43, and 106.6. We know what he can do. He obviously starts on the double. Boys, get a load of his recent form. Spend a bit of time playing over in England. 11 games in the Vitality Blast T20. 516 runs, an average of 64.5. Striking at 159.25. His most recent scores in that tournament red 68, 5, 59, 5, 113 not out, 0, 61, 106 not out, and 83. That is... uh, like linear of old. Maxi, on that form, is he too hard to pass up or are you thinking, are you still scarred from last season?
0: Look, last year I avoided him um, when I think 99% of coaches brought him in for round one. Uh, I went Moses over him and I think the, the difference in points was about 150. So I, I, I avoided him this year, but this year he was one of the first picked in my team. Um, not only does he have the pedigree, have the role, um, I don't mind the opening two games that the Adelaide strikers have. And the other thing that you've got to take into account with Chris Lynn is that his record at the Adelaide Oval is second to none. Um, there's just something about that ground. He's up there with Virat Kohli in terms of it being his favourite. So for me, the price is just too good to pass up and he will be in my team for round one.
2: Tomo, do you concur or are you looking at, at pulling a maxi last season and uh, going the early antipod?
1: Yeah, look, I'm scared to have him and I'm scared not to have him. <laughs> um the strike rate last year was a bit down and a high score of only 57. When you think of Chris Lynn at his, at his best, you think of some quick huge innings. Look, I started him on a double last year at a much more expensive price. So I've got to, he's got to come under strong consideration for me this year especially, I suppose, getting a bit ahead, but there's a few Thunder batsmen I like the look of, but I don't want to put lots and lots and lots of Thunder and go too hard on Thunder batsmen. So if I'm looking to be a bit different, he's going to come under strong consideration.
2: Boys, Jake Wetherald. Uh, we've got him listed at three at the moment now. He's batted anywhere from opening to three to when he's been out of form at sort of six and around about that five, six for the strikers. So... Um, obviously subject to form uh, and team selections there but we do have at three just one who I've always really liked him as a cricketer he looks so stylish out there he can be so explosive but recent years he just really hasn't turned it on 19.5 super coach average last season which does mean he starts dirt cheap at 87k for a double round in what should be a good role for the strikers Form coming into the tournament, Marsh Cup scores of zero, zero, eight, and thirty-seven. Not much better in the Sheffield Shield. Um, Maxi, as cheap as he is, I just, I'd really need to see something before the tournament starts from him.
0: Yeah, look, I think you know, I'm sort of getting Dan Hughes vibes where. Um, before last season, there was a uh, this Dan Hughes had an early double for the Sixers, um, came in an immaculate form in the One Day Cup, and then literally just, you know, his price never changed all season. I think he lost money. He would have been cheaper than 42K at some point, I think I remember reading. But um, I think for me, he's probably um, not a guy that I traditionally like having in my team just because of his volatility. But I'll tell you what, 87K on a double, you can do a lot worse, particularly for a value play.
2: I think the only way that I would be starting with him, and I, to be honest, I don't want to, um, but is if we are void of cheapies come the start of the tournament and you mm-hmm. need to find a way to free up money for their guys like Matty Short and a few, I was about to say Marcus Stoyness. Stoyness is near bottom dollar. Uh, a few of the bigger price players. But uh, what about for you, Tomo? Any temptation?
1: Nah, pass. I think a few years ago he was at his best. And yeah, I don't really love seeing it if he was in my team.
2: Mm-hmm. Quick side note to the bloke you just mentioned, Maxie. Dan Hughes, uh, between Dan Hughes and, and Curtis Pattinson, probably playing for one spot in the, at the Sixers there, they are going off tap. Dan Hughes, what, 140 and 130 back-to-back or something in the Marsh Cup?
0: Yeah, something like that. And I think he was really unlucky in that North, uh, North Sydney Oval game against the... Uh, the red backs to be run out, backing up too far at the non-striker's end, and ultimately cost the New South Wales Blues a, a victory there. So, look, he's a, he's an amazing player in the one-day format. He's got the most entries ever for New South Wales, um, but just hasn't done it for a couple of years in the Big Bash. Occasionally pulls it out, but I could tell you what, pretty handy guy um, to be battling in the eleven for the Sixers as well. And the the good teams just keep getting better.
2: Mm. Uh, boys, at number four, I personally don't know a lot about him. Adam Jose, don't even know if i pronounced that right. Adam Jose Mourinho, 105K, 30-year-old English middle-order bat, plenty of recent T20 cricket to his name, like most Englishmen that come down here. Uh, now, boys, we know straight up that Englishmen coming down for the first time often take a fair bit of time to settle into our conditions. Across his career, reads pretty well. 31.2 batting average and a strike rate of 146. So the bloke can hit a ball. Recent form in the Caribbean Premier League in the 100 tournament. Scores of 18-1, 18-17, 9-4. Pretty dismal. Just prior to that, though, three scores of 59, 53 not out, and 30 not out, I believe, was in the 100. Might have been Vitality Blast. So uh, there's a few runs down the track, but batting at four on the double, cheap Englishman, Maxi. Can you find any love for him? Do you know anything about him, should I say?
0: Well, look, first of all, I think, you you know, tell me you've got World Cup fever without telling me you've got World Cup fever. I think the fact that he's English, you can just call him Hose, mate. You don't have to have uh, the little <laughs> Spanish flair <laughs> and give the Hose out. But, look, hes um I, I think he's a typical run-of-the-mill English cricketer. Um, I think the one thing you've got to uh, keep in mind with these records, and even a few blokes coming out this year, another guy in the Brisbane Heat who we might talk about later, Ross Whiteley as well, Um a good record in the English competition doesn't necessarily translate to a great record here. And a really big reason for that is just the, the size of the grounds that those blokes play on. It's like every single game on North Sydney Oval. So um, you've got to take their strike rate and their performances with a grain of salt. Um, I think traditionally as well, batting is four, not a role that I liked to, to play. So good player, but he won't be in my team. Yeah,
2: half the grounds have got a tree on on, on the inner circle <laughs> between cover and midweek. It's just made of shambles That's over it. there. Good decks but just too many trees in the middle of the ground for my liking. Um uh, Mac uh Tomo uh, any love there or nah?
1: Nah, history suggests there's far more fails than successes there, so I'd be looking elsewhere.
2: Boys, Colin de Grandhome. Um I like him. I've spoken to Maxie about this in the WhatsApp group. He's not as keen. 125k, the Kiwi veteran. Uh, he's still got it. He played a test match for the Kiwis back in June at Lords, scored 42 not out and zero. Uh, he's an all rounder, two, tw- 231 career T20s, averages 23.5 at a strike rate of 157 bowling, 69 wickets, economy of 9.46. Not as appealing, but uh, he's a handy bowler. Now, Maxi, if he comes in at five and bowls regularly, that role looks wonderful. But, I mean, he is going to be completely role-dependent. He's one that we're going to have to wait up until the last minute. Again, uh, a bit like Matty Short to see how many bowlers are named. You're not that keen. I- I'm keener than you are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, look, I think that, you know, he's a big name, literally, Um you know, I think his name translates as The Big House, which is really, really cool. Um, but I think the one thing, the first thing I did was look up his T20 stats. And the really curious one for me was in last year's uh, competition in New Zealand, throughout the whole competition, which I believe his team made it to the final and could have even won the damn thing, he only bowled one over in that whole competition. And while he's a pretty handy first-class bowler, um, I think, you know, you, you'd almost describe him as a trundler in the T20 sense. I'd say his bowling is much more kind of on the Moses Enriquez, He can do it if required, but not necessarily be relied on to get through his four overs. And I could be wrong. There could have been a reason why that was the case. Uh, but I think traditionally, if you have a look at his economy rate, it'll tell you that his bowling is just very much part-time. Now, having said that, with the bat, he's explosive. He's, he's a big hitter. He finishes games as, um, you know, a very sort of equivalent player in the Australian setup would be Dan Christian. Um, so I think you've just got to really ask yourself, do you want the Dan Christian role with a guy batting at five who might not necessarily face a lot of balls, will play a high-risk game but could come off, or uh, do you want to look elsewhere? I think for me, I'm going to let other people fall into the trap. Um, oh, but even calling it a trap, I feel a bit harsh. But look, it, it's definitely one <laughs> I'm going to be weighing up until the, until we see the toss.
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the career economy rate is alarming. That does stink at 94 Um so, I, uh, I, uh, and we'll find out. Do a bit of digging around the the local, the domestic tournament over there, see if there's any niggling injuries or anything that may have contributed to that. Um, I suppose, actually, the question is let's say they named four genuine bowlers. Matty Short, you'd have favoured to be the fifth bowler, uh, and De Grantham is the sixth.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, and, and some of that also might even come down to like how many right-handers there are in the opposition lineup just because we know traditionally a guy like Matt Short will be, you know, used on more heavily when there's left-handers in the team just given the whole off-spin matchup. But um, I think that's going to that's gonna come down to it. I, I predict just based on how strongly the strikers finished last year that they're going to line up with four bowlers and use Short with De home as the fifth. Uh, but even then, you're, you're talking maybe sort of one, two overs consistently. Um I, you know, it's going to be one of the fascinating watches at the start of this season for sure, because if he is a guy who's coming out and he is the fifth bowler batting five, then that's like the Dan Sam's role, and that's basically as good as it gets.
2: Mm, I tell you what, they um, actually know. Before we get to that, uh, Tomo, where do you sit on this? Could, could you see yourself starting with him as a as a high upside, high risk, high reward sort of player?
1: Yeah, look. I had a read of your article, Tim, and I said, well, I've got to do a bit more research because I'm not so sure myself. And all I wrote was he's 36 year old now. And it was just a big fat question mark. I really found it hard to put together what sort of role and how he's going to play. Look, all I could bring it back to is a hunch, and I've got no logic or nothing to base this on, but I just thought he might bat lower than we anticipate. And not bowl the overs that we think from an all rounder, but that was just a hunch. It really is the big question mark, and it's a really annoying round one double. Yeah, because I'd love to, I'd love to get a watch and see because it could be value, or it could be one that you want to avoid because it's not a true all rounder. Um, look, any practice games would be handy, but it's the the biggest question mark I can see at this stage for me in terms of the strikers. Maybe the whole BBL. Mm,
2: yeah, huge watch on any practice games there. If he does get uh, obviously a trundle, more than anything, uh, and the reason I think he, he should bat he should bat at five. Like, uh, geez, there's not much batting depth in that order between Weatherald, Hose, Jose, whatever his name is, uh, De Degrandhome, Tom Kelly, into Harry Nielsen. There, you know, there's some talent there, but there's certainly far deeper batting orders in the competition. So we're going to skip past Tommy Kelly and Harry Nielsen. And get to the great man, Rashid Khan. Uh, Unfortunately, we're only getting him for, what have we got? It's something like maybe the first six or seven games in the tournament Then he takes off. 193k, averaged 66 last season. In the BBLs prior to that, 63, 67, 70 super coach averages. Uh, Just recently in a World Cup match against Australia for Afghanistan, 48 not out of 23, just to go with being... He might be the second best T20 bowler in the world now. I think he might have been knocked off top spot. Uh, Maxi, like you can't anypot him, can you? you? You've got to start with him.
0: No, again, one of those things where if you if you want to anypot him, then I'd just suggest not even starting the game. Um, he's just <laughs> too good, and, I, and and will probably be my skipper in round one. Um, showed what he can do with the bat as well, and there's every chance in this lineup we, that he could even get in at number seven above Harry Nielsen. Um, if there's a a call for early runs or a power surge or something like that. Get him in, hold him for every game that he's here. You just have to.
1: Lock and load, Tomo? Absolutely. And he only, because he is capable with a bat, um, but he was pretty poor with a bat last year. And his high score was 13 or something ridiculous. So you're exactly right. With the batting lineup that might not be the strongest, he has the capacity to pull off a quick 20, 30 and a couple of
0: wickets and produce an awesome score.
2: Maxi, are we batting about. He'll batting about eight overs into the game with that lineup.
0: Yeah, I think so. And look, I can actually confirm that his high score last year was fourteen. Uh, that was how many <laughs> runs he scored in that uh, Super Coach effort of one hundred and eighty-seven points to go with his six wickets last season. Um, and it was a guy who I think was on my bench uh, <laughs> during that outing last year. Not that I'm salty at all, um, but absolutely. Look, you saw what he did in that World Cup game against Australia. So just just get him in.
2: I can't remember why but what this the context was that week but for some sick reason I didn't play him or didn't own him as well. Maxie, do you know why? Or are we just morons and we've just had every listener of this podcast switch off or there must have been something.
0: <laughs> no, look the strikers were sort of out of doubles. His his performances had fluctuated a little bit. He wasn't kind of getting his normal economy rate bonuses, but he kind of pulled it out in that final game for the Adelaide Strikers against the Brisbane Heat with a sixer. Um, and just reminded us all that um, you know, he's just a guy who's just scary, too scary not to own.
2: Was it the last game of the, round, of the season?
0: Did he leave early last year? Yeah, I think yeah. he might have left with like one or two games to go or maybe even four games to go because I, I, it seemed to coincide with that streak that the um, strikers went on when Farwood Ahmed came in. They played about three or four games in four days on Adelaide Oval that was, you know, drier than the Sahara. Um, and Farwood Ahmed was just had it ragging, and the strikers ended up coming on a win streak and making it all the way to the semi final. So, um, yeah, but it, I think it was his last season before he de- uh, last game before he departed.
2: Uh, Henry Thornton. We get into the quickies. Maxi, you uh you low key like I don't even think it's low key like him. One hundred sixty three, one hundred sixty three thousand dollars. A BBL average last season of sixty two point eight. 13 wickets, an economy of 8.28, four Marsh Cup matches of late, returns of three for 67, one for 51, none for 52, and three for 55. He's been among the wickets. Uh, you like him?
0: Yeah, I, I more than like him. I think I might even like like him. Um, looking at those statistics he got last year, it's fairly <laughs> believable. Um, the, the, the bloke came in and just absolutely brained it. Um I think not only his ability to sort of keep his economy relatively respectable, it was he's just a genuine wicket taker. The the guy bowls absolute rockets, Um, and I think that like the best thing here is that he's just so not well known and maybe not even necessarily regarded. Like there are there are websites who don't even think he's going to be in their best eleven for the Adelaide strikers, Um, but the guy's 163k reason for a a sixty. 163k for a reason um, and that reason is he scores super coach points because he takes wickets so um, at 1% ownership um, I think you won't get a better tip from me all year. Get him in.
2: Poor Maxie going go large on that one. My only only query is uh, look I, I think mate I'd, I'd back you to the cows come home but just rotation risk with the strikers bowlers between Thornton let's say Siddle comes back in there who will be a bit of a staple of the bowling attack. And last season was one who got rested a lot less. But Harry Conway, Wes Agar, who they, they chopped and changed a lot last season. You know, Is there any risk that I suppose he, he comes in, plays the first game, doesn't play the second game of the double, um, or you're just backing the talent that he becomes a staple of that attack?
0: I think the one thing in his favour that I see right now is the way that the Redbacks are using him um, in the Adelaide system. Um, him and Conway are a bit of a package deal. Uh, Conway's been bowling death overs in the Marsh Cup. Thornton's been bowling through the middle overs and taking wickets and just frightening people with his pace, kind of like what Mark Wood was doing in that T20 World Cup. Um, I see that that role is one that the strikers finished the season with so much success, um, throwing Peter Siddle to that mix. Um, and I think that that's a, a type of um, a combination that they're going to replicate to start the season again. Um, it, they were just too good to finish that season with that combination. That's why I see it'll be tough for a guy like Cameron Boyce to come in. That's why I see it's tough for a guy like Wes, Ar- Wes Agar to come in as well. So I- I'm definitely backing him in.
2: So who do you have bowling the death for the strikers? Would it, would it be Siddle and Conway?
0: Yeah, that's correct. They, they both did that role last year. Peter Siddle, we know, he's he's famous for it. Um, but Conway is really a sort of a developing guy with that skill set. Um, another guy certainly worth a look at his price as well that I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but they'll bowl the, the ball death overs. Henry will bowl through the middle and up front and, and just really sort of frighten people and sheep uh, people off guard. And I think that T20 just suits him so well with that pace and his ability. He's probably the quickest guy going around Australian cricket right now.
2: Tom O, Henry Thornton, I suppose two questions. Firstly, was he a bloke? You'd even really considered at the price or was it a case of, you know, being inflated at the price due to a bunch of frigates last season? Uh, And as Maxie said, you know, probably flown under the radar to people or uh, has Maxie convinced you? Where are you at? Uh,
1: Well, Maxie's done a good job of convincing me, (laughs) but I, I don't think I could pick him. I just, last year, the numbers were great and the super coach scoring was awesome. I wasn't really that impressed. I thought he got a lot of lucky wickets and I just, I think it's a big price for someone that, look, I'm not, I can't bowl nearly as quick as him and I was a slow (laughs) trundler when I used to run around and barely spun the ball. But I didn't think he was that great. I didn't think the quality was there. So unless he's improved it over the last 12 months, I think I'd be very unlikely to be starting him
2: yeah a bit of flack for him i mean I, i'm i'm similar with you as much as i uh do swear by just about everything maxi boy says it just it's a big price for a bloke coming off a when he played seven or eight games last season a lot of week is a big price but i know i can see maxi sitting there licking his lips going you, you fools don't even worry about coming over you, you don't need him i don't want you to have him i'll take him as a pod you'll probably skipper him for about 400 points in round one
0: Oh, I'd, I'd love to be that guy and have that story to tell. But look, what I would say is that if you look at the other guys from the Adelaide Strikers who are going to be good pickups in the likes of Short and um, uh, uh, Rashid, um it's probably only the guys like Chris Lynn or Henry Thornton who could potentially be guys that you target for the double and want to trade out as well. So that's another reason. You know, if he He's a small price to pay potentially for huge upside just given his average last year. Just that ownership as well. It'll be so nice to start with a pod um, you know, I'm, I've I've locked him in already, guys. So um, that's all right. We can we can chat about it in uh, our week two catch up. I'm sure in a couple of months' time. Looking forward to it.
2: Uh, I've got Peter Siddle plugged in here for now. Uh, I do think he'll play. If not Siddle, then it'll be Wes Agar. Uh, but boys, Sid top last season's wicket tally: thirty scalps uh, at an economy of eight point three three. Uh, it was five wickets clear of the next top wicket taker. Maxi, what about Sid?
0: Yeah, a really, really good guy um, to have in Supercoach terms. I know he burnt Tomo last year uh, in that in that double, but um, just given the role um, and the team, he, he's he's absolutely worth a look. Um, he's not actually in the game of Supercoach yet, and that's sort of like one of the main reasons he's not in my team. But it's certainly a guy I'll have a big look at for round one, and you should too.
2: Makes it, yeah, it makes it very hard to pick a bloke who's not in the game, but they can sort that out if he does sign. Uh, Tom, what about you, mate? Do the bridges burn too deep from last year with Sid's or are you a forgiving kind of super coach?
1: I'm always forgiving. And it's, he did actually start really slowly last year and still finished with that blistering second half of the tournament. He was in my side when their schedule picked up later on and he just bowls the right sort of overs and can jag wickets. So... If he has, if he's at the same sort of level or hasn't dropped too much, you know, he comes under very, very, very strong consideration. Lucky
2: last at the strikers, Harry Conway. Uh, now, twenty-four point three average last season. Sees him start at seventy k. I suppose in a similar mould to Weatherald, in that you normally wouldn't be too keen, but I mean, he's a budget price player on the early double at that seventy k. Nine wickets last tournament. At a, a good economy of seven point nine seven. Four wickets in four Marsh. Ca- Cup games this season, two Shield games. He's, he has three wickets. Um, look, Maxi, again, the rotation is the big concern for Conway, but he's very cheap.
0: Super cheap, good role. Um, definitely a guy that you could probably throw into those like cash cow potentials. Um, it'll only take him jagging a couple of wickets at the death for his price to really skyrocket up from that. Uh, uh, from that. So if you're looking for value, you could do a lot worse. Uh, provided that he is named, which I would expect him to be. If
2: he's named in his yeah, if he's named in his bowling depth uh, death say depth, bowling death, uh seventy K be tempting, Tomo.
1: Yeah, it all comes down to the role. If it was a good role, you jump at it, but um look, it's the round one conundrum, isn't it, for them?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on from the Adelaide Strikers, guys, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW back on deck for the Big Bash season with SC Playbook. Supporters throughout the entire footy season, which we're very, very grateful for. All the feedback for the boys from anyone that's linked up with the fellas via the SC Playbook podcast has been wonderful. They cover everything you need to know from how to begin your journey into the housing market, finding a better home loan rate, refinancing to let yourself fork out for a new bowling machine, Honestly, uh, all that stuff. If you've got no idea about it, just give them a buzz, and they'll steer you in the right direction with it all. It'll be free of charge because you listen to this play the SC Playbook podcast. Uh, they'll give you a free numbers consult if you drop their special code SC Playbook. Give them a con- contact them by Instagram at Patton George Mortgage Choice, or one word, or on nine five two one one six one one. It doesn't matter where you are in Australia. Give them a buzz; they'll help you out. Wonderful supporters of us. So if SC Playbook gives a bit of enjoyment and insight to you, support us by supporting them. Uh, Fellas, let's get stuck into our next team, and it is the Brisbane Heat who start the season, uh, they have a bye in round two and then the double in round three. So potentially ones that if you like someone from the side, you can get in for round one, store them for round two ahead of round three. Don't completely glimpse over them just because of that round two bye. Um, for the Heat, boys, Maxie, you've got it's a really exciting roster this one. I'm quite excited to to see how they they fare this year. Maxie Bryant and Colin Munner up top of the order. Matt Renshaw recruited from the strikers at three. Sam Billings, Ross Whiteley, Jimmy Pearson, James Basley, Michael Nisa. Very excited to see him play this year after only getting a handful of games in most recent years. Xavier Bartlett, Mark Steckety and Mitchell Swepson. A couple of Aussies on there, possibly for the back end of the tournament. Uzi Kawaja, Manus Labashay. Max, it's a a pretty little exciting roster there for the Heat. Um, Investing in them early on. We won't spend, as I said, too, too much time on them simply because we don't have all night. But we will touch on them, particularly their key players. And as I said, don't overlook them. Um, Starting at the top of the order, your almost namesake, Max Bryan and Colin Munro, Max Bryant at 95K, averaged 32 last season, has struggled in recent years. Marsh Cup form, scores of 41 not out, 23, 26, and 8 of late. Not the best. Colin Munro, on the other hand, won 50K. Starts at top dollar, averaged 52 last season, was hit and miss. He scored 390 runs at 43, striking at 127.45. Was inflated a little bit by a top score of 114. Recent Caribbean Premier League scores solid without going big. Scores of 33, 1, 40, 42, 1, and 29. Uh, Maxi Bryden,
0: do you like either of them? The thing I love about the heat is the draw and the value they can get. What I struggle with, though, is a team moving straight into a round two buy um, before a double. Um, Bryant's a guy I think you can just watch in round one and potentially load up. Munro, I think, is going to be too much money for you to hold from round one.
2: Mm. Yeah, no, I feel very similar, mate. What about yourself, Tomo?
1: Yeah, Maxie Bryant, he's been around for years now. What you see is what you get, so probably a pass for me. Colin Munro, he's the typical short-form batter. Huge scores and some low ones. He can look a bit scratchy, but if he gets through the start of his innings, can go big. Um, do we think the new team changes anything for him? Personally, I'm not sure. So, yeah, one I'll look when they get to the double, but he, yeah, Rocks a diamond, takes it hard. Oh, if
2: you start with Colin Munro and he turns up and you can jag it, good luck to you. You deserve to be on top of Supercoach. Uh, <laughs> Matty Renshaw. Now, he's an interesting one. Maxie um, at 136K. BBL Supercoach average of 47 last season. Another big one on roll. He's in red hot form. Scored 306 runs at 34 last tournament. Strike at 136. Recent form for Queensland. Marsh Cup scores of 37 not out. 104, 10, 43, 11 and 20. Sheffield Shield scores of 13-1, 26, 200 not out, seven not out, and eight. Um, I suppose, firstly, do you see him rolling the arm over? Because that's a big thing on whether or not you'd be
0: starting with him. Yeah, I think I do. Um, And the reason being is that the Brisbane Heat attack is really similar. Uh, There's a lot of right arm quicks. Um, and then you've got Mitchell Swepson who will be the the, the leg spin bowler. So just for a variety and a bit of something different, I think that there's every chance that Renshaw does bowl. He bowls a lot for Queensland these days, particularly in the white ball stuff. Um, So I don't see why they wouldn't give him a chance for at least one or two. Doesn't mean he's going to get his economy rate bonus and get his three. Um, But certainly for a point of difference, I think that um, the Brisbane Heat could do a lot worse than to throw the ball to him. The other thing to keep in mind as well is that first game of the season um, where you will get a look at him. It's actually a Kazali Stadium in Cairns, which I don't think has ever hosted a BBL game from memory. Um, But I would expect some of these more regional grounds that spin can really come into play. So it's something i want to look into, um, check what WBBL does, because I think that they have played there. Um, and just sort of get a vibe for the ground because if if it is turning, then he'll definitely get a bowl. He might even get a Matt Cooneman in for that first game. And up against the Renegades, it could be a really nice point of difference for your team. Mm.
2: Tom, what about yourself, mate. Uh, a bloke with such upside, particularly if he is bowling, we know what he can do with the bat in his day. Uh, would you be willing to gamble on him early enough or, or happy to watch?
1: Probably happy to watch, but that is huge for Maxi because like the last few years, he's barely bowled at all. Um, and But his runs and his strike rates have been improving. His consistency last year, you know, seven times over 20 runs. So is there, if there is that change in role where he doesn't get four overs, but if it's consistently, you know, two overs per game, that could be pretty tempting from a change of role perspective. And change of role is so key in Coach. Yep.
2: Boys, Sam Billings, the English international, $152,000. BBL Supercoach average of 52 last season. Two recent games against Australia, scores of seventy-one and seventeen. Prior to that, in the hundred tournament over in the UK, scores of fifty-three for 4 not out, zero zero eight and fourteen. <clears throat> Last year's BBL, two hundred eighty-four runs at forty point five seven, striking at one fifty-three. Uh, any any room for the the explosive Englishman for you, Maxi?
0: Not straight away, but certainly one to watch. um he's one who definitely follows the the, the rule of uh, the form he can he can string a few games together in a row, um so keep your eye out and if he gets hot, um then definitely jump on as we
2: record, he just got rolled in the ODI against Australia uh, so seven runs, caught and bold Cummins, I think you've just got to put a line through him based on that. that's fate. Uh, what <laughs> about yourself promo?
1: Uh, I'm a huge fan of his. He's a legitimate international star. When we get these imports in, like he's legit, the real deal. Mm. I wish he batted higher, um, but even batting at four, come double game week, if I've just got a hunter who looks in form, he's someone I could turn to because he he's legit.
2: Boys, we'll skip it a little bit further down the order there. Ross Whiteley, uh, another English Englishman coming down there again, just a, a little bit untested down here. We'll we'll see what he can dish up later on. Uh, Jimmy Pearson, James Basley, 146K. Supercoach average last season, 50.5. He took 12 wickets in 11 games at 27, an economy of 8.13. Top score of 44, not out with the bat. Uh, solid in the, the Marsh Cup this season. Uh, hasn't played a lot, but across the Marsh Cup game, one shield game, awkwardly priced at 146 maxi. Any love?
0: Yeah, look, I don't mind him. I think you could certainly keep an eye on him ahead of that double game week, particularly if that role does eventuate that he's batting seven and bowling four. Um, but I think that's going to be it. Um, if, if, if the role comes into play, then bring him in for the double game week. But he's probably not going to be a season-long hold unless he just hits some absolute uh, hot streak. One thing to just give a general shout-out onto the Brisbane Heat is just the, just their draw. Um, round one, they've got the Melbourne Renegades, which is a fantastic match-up at, uh, at an unknown stadium, which could be anything. After the bye, their double game week actually has the Renegades again and the Adelaide Strikers, which I think is a pretty favorable one for them. And then it's into two games against the Sydney Thunder. So I think the Heat are going to be a very relevant team for uh, the first five rounds. And um, what you should consider doing is if there's any guys that you really like who are good value in round one or even guys that you want for the double, you could hold them for another three three games because they don't have the bye um, and just ditch them before round six when they come up against the Sydney Sixers Mm -hmm. and the Perth Scorchers uh, twice back-to-back in four games.
2: Tomo, I'll take you to the next one, and that is Michael Nisa. A dirt cheap at 107K, <clears throat> averaged 41.3 last season in limited games. Uh, prior to that, 10 games for a Supercoach average of 49.6. Cannot stop taking wickets for in the Marsh Cup and Shield cricket this season, getting absolute bag upon bag upon bag. Hopefully, I mean, from a BBL Supercoach perspective, we see him in more frequently this time around. He also knocked out 136 runs against New South Wales in the Shield uh, earlier this season. Mate, uh, he's, he's got to be a sneaky one even for round one.
1: Yeah, look, that price is unbelievable and he could be great value to start with. Or if you want to get a look or play more heavily on the double double game weeks early on than before round three, it looks a great purchase. Probably more likely to bowl up front than at the death, but he consistently bowls four overs and is capable with the bat. As you mentioned, it's different form of cricket, but I'd much rather take a player in form than a player that's not in form. And even earlier this year, some nice short form figures overseas, consistently bowling the four overs and taking wickets. So yeah, it looks a really good selection.
2: Maxie, Michael Nisa for you, mate. Uh, he's got to be tempting at that price. He's, he does have been bowling with ping pong balls with duct tape on half the ball. They cannot hit him.
0: No, absolutely. Look, and he's been a guy who I'm, I'm happy to have been in my team uh, since day one, the preseason. I think that particularly the start of the season, as you said before, looking for value is key um, and getting a player of his calibre um, uh, for less than 110k, I think is just too good to pass up, especially with that round three double. So I'm going to go early, um, stash him on the bench, might even try and loop him in round one, just see what happens. But I'm all aboard the next train.
2: Hmm. Exciting one there, Nets. Uh, Xavier Bartlett, speaking of exciting, 208k, BBL SuperH average of 71.7 last season, 11 wickets in seven games at 21, an economy of 8.79. Also had 129 nine runs at 64.5, could not get him out, striking at 124. Uh, been okay in the Marsh Cup this season with bat and ball without being uh, anything ridiculous. Tomo, he's got to be overpriced, doesn't he? Like I mentioned earlier, looking at value early on in the season, 208K for as, as promising enough and comer as he is. It's too much, eh? Yeah?
1: He was an absolute gun last year, but he looks like the most over-priced player in the game so far. Remember, he even didn't play every game and got, I can't remember if it was dropped or injured, but I think it was more likely dropped last year. He was expensive with the ball, but he did take 11 wickets in his seven games. Surely, with the heat and their batting lineup, he can't replicate those batting exploits. Um, yeah, looks overpriced, so not one for me.
2: Maxi wrapping the heat up with Mark Steckerty and Mitchell Swepson. and Stechety, immense last year as well. 177K to start this year's Big Bash Supercoach season, averaged 61 points last year, 12 wickets in eight games at 22.83, economy of 8.93. Recent form in the Marsh Cup, excellent, 3 for 30 and 1 for 29. Shield cricket, a bit like Michael Nisa, just taking bag upon bag. Um, Another one certainly to at least monitor. Could you pay up for him and then... Mitchell Swepson, 107k, uh, one of the better spinners in Australia, obviously plenty of Australian time, airtime for him. BBL Super Bowl, averaged 37 last year and only a handful of games, but he's been good in the past, marsh Cup form of late, only okay. Uh, do either of them too interest you early on or is it a wait till round three?
0: Swepson, another guy has been in my team uh, throughout the last three weeks. Um, just, again, can't walk past that value. Getting an international quality spinner for 105k, I think, it's, I think it's really, really good. Not a tactic for everyone, just given he moved into a round two buy, but certainly one I'm very happy with. And Steckity, again, look at the price and sort of think, oh, geez, that's a lot. But this guy just does it year on year on year. If you go back and have a look at his record, um, him being high priced in Supercoach is not an outlier at all. Um, genuine superstar, probably the first guy I'll bring in in round three. So um, won't go early on him. Um, I'll take that look at him in round one, but... Um, would be an amazing pod to do in round one, particularly um, at a a regional ground where you always sort of think the bowlers are going to be more in the game than the batters.
2: There you go. Maxie, very high in the heat, starting with a couple of them. Uh, Tom, what about yourself on on Swepson and Steckity?
1: Yeah, here, here. Swepson, underpriced, quality international, five wickets in five games. The more he plays, the better he'll go, I reckon. Just needs a bit of consistency. And Steckity... He is expensive, but as alluded to, it's for good reason. He's done it for a couple of years now. I don't think I could start with him, but before that double game week, I'd be very uncomfortable if I couldn't bring him in somehow, especially if he's bowling the same sort of role as he had in the last couple of seasons.
2: It does happen, mate. You, you get these weeks where you... you you find there's five guns you need to get in. You've got three trades. So starting with them never a bad idea. Guys, jump into the SC Playbook Unlimited group. Take on the SC Playbook contributors to be in the running for some gun prizes this season. Our group code, 557991. Major prize for the highest ranked subscriber to knock us all off. Food and drinks package for two to any game of choice in 2023-24. The 2023-24 season, I should say, plus a supporters jersey of choice. Minor prize uh, for non-subscribers, food and drinks package for two to any game of choice in 2023-24. Uh, I have no plans on paying that out because I'm banking Maxi Bryden to, to finish overall number one in Supercates this year and then I might uh, flick the prizes across to him. So no pressure on you, Maxie, on that one. What's up, guys? If you're currently in SC Playbook, subscribe with either the BBL package or the full subscription, uh, including the upcoming Big Bash season. Email us at supercoachplaybook at gmail.com, full word, supercoachplaybook, with your mobile number and email you subscribe with so we can check it active and add you into that group. Boys, the last team of the night to jump onto. It is the Melbourne Renegades. The Renegades this season, the double in round five and no buys. So it's a pretty appealing draw. No buys to have to worry about. Maxi, the one to 11, you've got them down as. Aaron Finch, Sean Marsh, Mac Harvey, Nick Maddinson, John O'Wells, Andre Russell, Sam Harper, Akil Hosne, Sorry, Tom Rogers, Kane Richardson, and Mujiba Iram. Um again, it's a pretty good looking roster uh, there, Maxi. So we'll start at the top of the order: Aaron Finch and Sean Marsh. Any love for these two veterans? Sean Marsh, obviously under a bit of an injury cloud, coming in.
0: Not the type of guys I love having in my team, particularly guys who are only relying on one skill, um, being batting. So I will be giving them a firm pass. They're
2: ones uh Tomo for me that, and and agreed, you you very you completely relying on them scoring runs. Aaron Finch at one thirty nine k, Sean Marsh at one twenty one k. So they're not coming cheap. They do have high upside. Uh, we know they've got pedigree, but. Particularly early on, probably ones more that you can use in an AE loophole situation where if they do flop early, you can fill in someone else and plug the spot. But if they do go big, it can be a masterstroke. Any love for them?
1: Uh, well, I'll always remember Finchie because he did go big on a double for me a few years ago and helped me finish some the top price. That was always nice. But yeah, look, I think their consistency is behind them. They'll have that one big score, but yeah, not ones that are high on my radar this season. But they've done jobs for me in the past, so kudos to them. Oh yeah.
2: Um skipping a little bit further down the order, boys, past for now. McCarvey, Nicky Mado. We can talk about them in the later podcast, close to the the round one if they do find a bit of form. Uh John O'Wells as well batting at five, but uh big Dre Russ, one forty-five K. He's playing, I believe, the first four games of the tournament. T20 international career averages 19 with the batch, striking at 156 with the ball. Average of 35, economy of 9.18. Not that good, but we know on his day he made a, a match winner at the highest of levels of cricket. Recent Caribbean Premier League form. Um, a lot of starts, hasn't gone on with many, and taking the odd wicket. So not brilliant.
0: Um, any attraction to Big Dre Russ Maxi? Yeah, look, I don't mind it. And I think that like there's two reasons. One, he's only owned by 4.6% of teams. Um, and, and two, I think that he will genuinely be relied on to bowl in this Renegades lineup. Um, it's the most balanced lineup that they've had for um, quite some time, um, albeit disappointing that they won't get Liam Livingston in um, later in this season. But I, I do see that he will get his four overs, which means that he's just a guy who's in the game. I think if you remember last year, his bowling was, was a little bit pedestrian, but just the fact that he, he will be rolling in um, pretty crucial overs, either opening up, trying to swing it around, or maybe contributing to the death just means that he, he's he's in the game. He takes catches. So you could do a lot worse for 145K in a pod.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow to yourself, Tom. We know the upside of him. A little bit of temptation there or not?
1: Uh, no, not really for me. Um, the fact that he's going to miss out on the double, I think is not so great. And I agree with Maxie that his bowling last year was really poor. I think it was sort of five matches and three wickets. And with his runs, most of them came in one amazing knock. And just those players that are only here for a short stint, you know, you need to catch form pretty quickly. I much prefer the ones that are going to be here for at least half, if not a whole tournament, because, you know, as good as you are, and he's a match winner on his day, it's very hard to turn it on from day one. So, nah, probably one not that I'm not going to select.
2: Maxi, the two spinners inside. Akil Hossein, uh, the West Indian left armour, 105K, comes in. Uh, we'll obviously have a, a pretty decent role there. Handy enough with the bat as well. Coming off a knock of 42 off 20 balls. Prior to that, a 2 not out and a 23 not out. That's playing for Trinidad and Tobago um, over in the Caribbean Premier League. Um, we've got him and then we've got at the end of the order, Mujib, who... He's a bit of a star. He's such an enjoyable cricketer to watch. Comes in at 111k off a 38-point average last season. Took BBL 10 by storm with a 66-point coach average in eight games. Last season, didn't find as many wickets. Eight scouts in 11 games. But economy-wise, he was, six, was 6.36, which is outstanding. A bit like Adam Zampa at the Stars. Playing at the Heat where they just didn't have runs to defend. They could just see him off and they didn't have to take to him. Um, so I think that's why he's a little bit void of wickets. Do either of those two interest you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think firstly on Hosnain, he's sort of in the um, Stephen O'Keefe mode where he's a bit more of a containment bowler, not like a huge wicket taker, but will hopefully dry up and end and allow others to attack around him. So I think for his price, he's good value, but I just wouldn't expect huge um, big wicket hauls out of him. Now, Majib is a guy who, again, has been in, my, in and out of my team um, all season, basically. Um, And I think that one thing you've got to look at for his scores last year, while his average was well down on um, what you'd expect for a player of his calibre, he actually caught fire at different points of the season, Um, had a score of 95 against the Sydney Sixers in round six, score 106 in round seven, um, and and another score of 66 against the Melbourne Renegades in in, in round nine. Um, His his season average floated um, well below sort of where it finished for most of the season, got as low as 23 at one point. Um, and got as high as 42. So getting a guy who is good value, um, the disappointing thing is that he's only going to be here, I guess, for about the first sort of eight games of the season. Otherwise, without having a buy, I reckon he'd be a perfect lock, um, a perfect bench loop. So I'm going to take a big look for him. I know he's not going to be for everyone, but I think underneath his exterior, there's a really talented cricketer um, who you should consider um, as a value option to start the season.
2: I'm with you, mate. I'm really tempted by by Majib early on in the season. Just an absolute weapon. Uh, Tomo, what about for you, mate? Any interest in either of those two? Uh,
1: more Majib. He looks like one of those players that could be a really good value selection if you look back two seasons ago compared to last season. My only reservation is that, look, the Renegades haven't been relevant for a few years now, and I'd love to see some form from them to think that they'd have – You know, their bowlers would come into more consideration. So he looks like the value play, but he still will need runs on the board. So if there's runs on the board, looks good. Um, But if he's not, then it's the same as he was like at the Heat last year. Mm. Uh, It's a
2: good shout, mate. And, And it brings in the next two players as well Tommy Rogers and Kane Richardson, because last season they just. Weren't too many runs on the board, and is it going to change this year? Looking at the batting order, I'm not overly convinced, to be honest. Tommy Rogers starts at 163k last season. Equal fourth top wicket taker with 13 scouts in 13 games at 19. An economy of 7.87. Uh, can bowl at the death as well. Probably will with them. Uh, but then Kane Richardson, boys, 189k. Just a super coach elite Uh, 65 last season in a struggling side says it all. A few years back, he averaged 74 and a half. Uh, He was the equal fifth top wicket taker last season with nine wickets in 11 games at 16.42 economy of 8.21. What a gun! What an absolute gun! Um, Either of those two for you, Maxie?
0: Yeah, I don't mind either of them. I I do think Rogers is potentially overs, um, albeit he's a guy. Look at his form now; he's topping the wicket takers list in the Marsh Cup, which is just exceptional. I think Kane Richardson with more quality bowlers around him is only going to help his cause. Um, so I'd expect him to average there or thereabouts as well. Um, I don't think I'll go either of them just on price, uh, but certainly a huge watch. And given that they don't have a buy as well, you could certainly do a lot worse than just getting them as a set-and-forget guy you put in your bowler slot.
2: Yeah, Tomo, if the uh, if the top order can start putting on a few runs for these blokes, Kane Richardson will average about 150 in Supercoach. He'll take that many wickets. Uh, either of those two for you.
1: Yeah, look, I loved your write-up on Kane on the website. Like, it was just had some great analysis and, you know, he's been good in a poor team. What would he be like if the team was any decent? Um, so certainly one, I don't know if I could start with him, but certainly, you know, come double game week, first renegade pick for me. Tom Rogers came from nothing, was awesome last year. His ability to land a Yorker was sensational but it does seem like an inflated price. So not one for me at this stage, but hopefully a few quiet ones early then pick him up a reduced price at some stage. Yeah,
2: well, I can nearly guarantee, Richard, I'll talk him up all season. He'll average about 80 and I won't own him all year for, for whatever reason because there'll be no runs on top of him, but he'll score well regardless. Uh, boys, we might wrap that one up for our second episode of the preseason. season Maxie, thank you as always.
0: Mate, always a pleasure. Hope the listeners get a lot out of this one in pre-season, and um, yeah, look, you should check the WhatsApp group as well. I've given our subscribers a sneaky early preview of my team as it currently stands. So, looking forward to continuing the conversation over there.
2: Mate, I'm glued to that chat just for your insights. And Pomo, mate, first up off a spell, very impressive.
1: Thanks, boys. Enjoyed it, and can't wait to do it all again soon. Cheers, guys. Remember, jump
2: over if you have one minute right now to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and follow SC Playbook. BBL would be much appreciated. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers.